My name is Michael Kinsella. Welcome to Man Marking. We're asking, where's the talking, lads? You want to get into it, out the game where you put into it, Shelley. Mm-hmm. And I put everything into it I could and still do for the people and for the people that I was playing for and the people that I was manager for. I didn't cheat them out of anything. So I put all my heart and soul to the extent that my family suffered. Do you regret that at all? Oh, yeah, I regret, oh, I regret it very much. Yeah. Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Just another Manic Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with the Man Marking Podcast. I've got Danny and Ryan with me. How are we doing today, lads? Superb, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Danny, how are we feeling? Uh, in pain, I'm not going to lie. Uh, do you want to talk us through that? Um, yeah, so I, I went to have a game of soccer in the park, uh, regulation soccer, and I thought it'd be a good idea to slide to block a shot that was going in and slid into the post and split my leg open. So I've now got seven stitches and I'm feeling sorry for myself. Um, we've had some football again this weekend. We had the return of the FA Cup. There was a bit of magic in that. United going through in the last couple of minutes of extra time against Norwich. Uh, not the best game, but I don't know if you can call it scenes at the end when Harry Maguire bundles one in, but I'm sure a lot of the United fans were, were made up with that. It led me to think, though, what would have been your favourite last-minute or dying-minute goal you've ever seen? I'm going to go with one that's probably quite obvious because it's bandied around um, Twitter every, like, six months. But the Watford winner against Leicester in the playoffs. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again! Absolutely astonishing. Now here come Watford. Forestieri. Here's Hogg. Deeney! Do not scratch your eyes. You are really seeing the most extraordinary finish here. It almost mirrors the final day. I hate pitch invasions, I think the shit, but in that, that, that case, just because of the occasion, to dive for the penalty and then to go down the other end and score was just the greatest scenes you'll ever see. So I'm probably going to go with that. You yeah, know the best, bit, the best bit about that is Gianfranco's always stacking it when he runs onto the pitch. Like, just full-on flooring. as he, he runs on, probably in a lovely pair of Italian loafers, and uh, just stacks it, which is phenomenal to see. Yeah, it reminded me of when Paolo Di Canio just went and slid on his knees in what I assume was a very expensive suit at Newcastle. Yeah, just grass stains everywhere. You're not getting that back. You're not recovering. No, <laughs> Danny, your favourite last minute goal? Well, the one I've gone for. I mean, I would have liked to have gone for for Deeney, but I knew that Ryan's a basic bitch, so I knew he was going for that one. Uh... Well, I've got Britney Spears on the podcast this week. A <laughs> <laughs> basic bitch. What's just happened there? <laughs> um, the one I've gone for is uh, camera for Fulham away at Man City. Um, about 10 years ago, Fulham were basically going down and then Roy the boy Hodgson rode into town and uh, launched a bit of a great escape, which I think 
the game away at City, they were 2-0 down at half-time, and at that point, they were basically relegated. Scored three goals, second half, the, the third of which, I think Hamra kind of picks it up, left-hand channel, cuts in and just rifles it home. Here's Murphy. To camera. Here's Diamanski camera. He's got sight of Joe Hart. Oh, and he scored a wonderful, wonderful goal for Fulham. And they're going to take all three points. And the great escape for Roy Hodgson's Fulham is definitely on. And it's one of those really great scenes because Fulham famously don't travel that well. So the away end is kind of half full. So there's loads of movement for people. So they're all spilling all over the place. Roy's loving it, which is great to see. And uh, it basically propelled them to to safety. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with that one, Ant. Yeah, good choices, Dem. I, personally, I'm going with that Charlton one last year against Sunderland. There was just absolute limbs all over the gaff in that, in that, uh, in that end at Wembley. Josh Cullen, he's stuck the cross out. Back here we go. And Paul Church in front again. But falls in. Patrick Bauer. Um, particularly when your keeper had let one in under his foot, I think, to come back from that. Um, so moving on, we've got, uh, we've got Mike Kinsella on the show today. Uh, it was an interview we did a while back. And when I say a while back, we were allowed to actually go and sit in a room with him. Um, such was the time such was the situation at that time so uh, I think it was back in March we did this it was about um, 2006 it feels like <laughs> it feels like a hell of a long time ago obviously um, Michael Kinsella I work at Sammy Rovers um, I've had a couple of roles at the club at the moment um, but up to now it's uh, head of football and education operations Danny can you tell us why we wanted to originally go and speak to him yeah um so for those who don't know Mike, he's had what I would describe as a, a colourful life. He was a youth player at Liverpool and then spent a number of years in, in prison and has subsequently come out and and basically turned his life completely around and now uses that learned experience to help the kids at the Tranmere College when they're going through the college, when they drop out, to try and encourage them not to go down the same road that he went down. Yeah, it was he was a really nice guy as well. I think when I uh, when I actually showed me my girlfriend a, a picture of him, I uh, immediately felt inferior as well. He's a good looking fella. Um, oh, very <laughs> handsome. He's very <laughs> handsome. You know, I, I, we were in a bit of a stage at the very start of doing these interviews where it seemed like you were telling every single person we interviewed that they were handsome, uh, which I for one was certainly encouraged. You know, let's <laughs> let's let's inform people that they're handsome. You know. If they are handsome, if they're not, then don't. But if they are, yes, absolutely tell them they're handsome. Yeah, I was just spreading the love, to be honest. Alan, Alan Hampson. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, Alan Hampson. No? No. No, mate, no, 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 that. Basic bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you're in charge of the theme this week. We've had a bit of a discussion about it off air. What have we come up with? Um, we've gone with incarceration, rehabilitation, and education. Sound like Tony Blair? Yeah, it sounds like it could be like a, a former Prime Minister's biography or something, doesn't it? But yeah. um, such as, as you touched on, his, his colourful past and, and, and what he's doing now, that it just seemed to fit really well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Right, okay, well, that's enough nonsense from us. Let's go and uh, listen to what Mike's got to say. Well, there was no academies then, the years ago. There was, um, they were called Centre of Excellences. Ah, OK. So it's a different process back then. You could bounce around. So I was got going between Everton and Liverpool, Centre of Excellence, Steve Iway, Ray Hall. I was at Liverpool, um, I ended up, you know, it's all over, you know, but I ended up playing Sunday League when I shouldn't have attacked the referee, I got to cut the story short, like, but I ended up getting a two-year banner, obviously Liverpool, which rightly so, you you know, what would you do, what would you sign a lad for, he was an headache, I understand <laughs> them, I understand them now, because, because, yeah. you, you know, I have them episodes with young lads, myself, I'd hate myself back in the day, Yeah. if, if I was <laughs> in front of myself, I'd be like, oh, he's a waste of time, so I understand it now, yeah. I understand it. I was a young lad, didn't understand certain things, but I would have loved to have, um, now, looking back at things, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to sign for Liverpool Football Club and maybe seen what could have been, because at that time I was, you know, I was, I was, I was flying, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was flying. So what was that like in that centre of excellence in the 90s? Oh, listen, I, I, they were brilliant, some brilliant players there, do you know what I mean? I'll just, I've said this loads of times, and it, Jamie Carragher was unbelievable. Yeah. Stewie Quinn. Michael Moore, some Lee Pryor players, uh, Eddie Turkington, David Tomo, who's now I've been speaking to him because I've been doing a little bit of work up at uh, Blackcliffe Borough, and he's up there. Um, some great players in there, some unbelievable footballers. Was it like a lot of pressure to go into that, or was it quite fun when you when you started? Yeah, I that? enjoyed it. I didn't feel I was. I didn't know what pressure was. You know what I mean? I didn't feel any pressure at all. I, Probably didn't even have a brain at that time, at that age, to be honest with you. I didn't, probably didn't think. Um, I enjoyed it, loved it. Um, probably didn't take it as serious as I should have. I go back and, and, and go back, I'd, I'd give everything. Yeah. Jamie Carragher was unbelievable. You know, where he was communicating and off Liverpool's first team, he was doing that as a kid. Yeah. He was doing that as a young lad. That was just that was just what he was like, do you know what I mean? And unbelievable, he deserved where he got to. Obviously, the the way football changes, the environment's changing dressing yeah. rooms. So what was that like? You got him involved. It was like you know, pretty legendary players with Carragher and yeah. David Thompson played in the Premier League yeah. and yeah. made good careers. Is that environment completely different then to what it is now? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Listen, one hundred percent. Sixteen to eighteen year olds now are not sixteen to eighteen year olds then. Yeah. yeah. You were, you'd have to be an adult then. Do you know what yeah. I mean? At sixteen to eighteen, you were an adult. You were training with men. It got spoken to differently. I'll be dead honest, it's too nicey nicey. Um, you know, if you're gonna be a footballer you've got to learn to take knocks and, and get spoke to certain ways because if you get step up into the first team with the and the first team players. Well even when you're playing outside, yeah, you've, got, you've, you've got to be no. able to you know, take constructive criticism, do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's not constructive yeah, <laughs> in a stand like, either, is it? You know, I, I just I, I don't really I don't shout at, at the lads me, do you know what I mean? I just don't do it. It's just it's not how I see it. It's more of a development side what we're involved in. And the youth team they, they don't you just can't do it anyway, do you know what I mean? When I'm saying shout at them, it's more of like speaking to them on the pitch and yeah. directing them. The young lads trying to be footballers, they don't understand the game, so you you know you've got to direct them yeah. as such. It's one of them things, isn't it? Completely different, it's completely different. Yeah. You were saying that kind of if you had to be an adult then at sixteen yeah. to eighteen, and now 
kids are sort of maybe allowed to be kids a little bit longer. Yeah, than the of course, yeah, definitely. Do you think, definitely. That, think that affects them when they go into playing in maybe quite a hostile environment? One hundred percent. Like, I, I obviously, I still I still keep me hands at non-league, and non-league football should not be dis- disrespected. And a lot of parents who have never played kicked the ball in their lives, and a young lad who doesn't understand what non-league football is, disrespected straight away. They've got no chance of playing in it. Yeah, yeah. I've went and seen lads from Premier League clubs, Championship clubs, Division One on loan at these clubs and they're out of depth mm. because you know what, what you've got to remember you've got lads who've been pros for all for years and years coming out of the yeah. system you've got other lads come, and lads who've done well from like you know amateur football yeah they were men yeah were men. it's, it's very sanitised now yeah it's listen well. you know they don't understand it's not their fault the kids yeah the kids you know what I mean but so you've fallen out of football like sort of late teens after being in like different academies and you've mentioned like David Thompson Jamie yeah. Gallagher what what aspect of it was it the footballing ability or the mental side? Do you think that's the difference? No, no, I still, I still play, and I was I still played. I played only. I went as soon as I finished. So I I went up to Scotland, bounced around a couple of clubs, trying to find my feet, sort of thing. But you know, Scotland when I went up there, there was no phones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm stuck in the house. <laughs> yeah. Should have just got my head down. Yeah. Should have. I've to go. I'm from Liverpool to Berry to Tranmere. I, t- I was doing great here and just had another moment. What I had, which everyone knows, what happens in the club. Do you know what I mean? I was doing brilliant here. Great club. Was that under Kingy then? Was yeah. That Johnny King, yeah, Johnny King, Johnny Moore, um, Ray Matthias, Johnny, John Aldridge ends up being the manager. Some some top quality players then as oh, well. Oh, this is Kenny Irons, Sean Garner, um, <coughs> unbelievable players. Johnny Morrissey, did Pat Nevin, Gary Stevens. Did you appreciate being around those players at the time, or is it something? You'd, yeah, I used to yeah. train with the first team and I played a couple of Resi yeah. games. Um, Travelled with the first team once. Um, no, I was just I was doing all right, and then as just as a young lad, I had a switch, and which which just made me switch, and then. I, care who it was do you know what yeah. I mean I think you referenced that in the independent article yeah. we did a few years back about self-destructive tendencies oh, yeah. so have you like tackled them later on in life do you think it's something that comes of age or was it like a wake up call moment for you or prison mate yeah exactly just a defining prison's moment waking up, yeah. wake up call you know I mean? been to prison four times Jesus Christ first time does it bother me now second time now third fourth got a long sentence and people are your family is starting to pass away it has an impact on your mindset and obviously I'm getting a bit older do you know I was getting a bit older in the in the prison system so you start thinking what about it what have you done with yourself so when you, you come out for that fourth time you determined to get back into football yeah I educated myself in this is why I, I wasn't I wasn't one of them lads who, who taught anything about education I dismissed it all the way through school yeah. wasn't interested in it at all can education change your life does it change your mindset 100% or yeah. I wouldn't be sitting here today, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I try and drill it into young lads and they say I can't do it. Any young lads, there was no he wasn't what I was as a kid. They wouldn't he wouldn't even enter the same space as me. So if I can achieve something through education and change my mindset, these young lads of today one hundred percent can, do you know what I mean? And I suppose that's a danger when you're talented. Like everybody still remembers the best player footy in the school. Yeah. And every year, you know, yeah. Of and you, you don't ever think if you're the best at footy in your school or whatever sport you play, you never think that'll end, do you? No. But then you get to that elite level, and yeah. how many make it? Yeah. It's, Listen, it's, yeah. obviously it's a lot different now, isn't it? You know what I mean with the way the premier premiership, the, just the way the mechanics of it works. The, you know, obviously if you get a load of lads in 
got the twenty threes, they keep them in the, they keep them engaged a lot yeah. longer. Yeah. It doesn't mean they, they're gonna make it make it, do you know what I mean? They're it's pumped, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's massive, isn't it? it? Seems to be strung out a bit. Used yeah. to just be under eighteen yeah, and now course. it's all the way up to under twenty threes. Yeah, completely it? different. Yeah. Completely different. But not listen, just going back to non league football, if you can play a hundred games in it and get a few quid, you've done well. Yeah. It's I actually work with a lad who's at Old Trunga, got nine to five, it was a few hundred quid in his pocket Listen, playing for them and he's, brilliant. he's like... I, I played, I don't know how many, plays all around the Welsh leagues, up and down from the conference all the way down, should not be disrespected, do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not a chance, it's a good level. From when you were uh, when you were very young, what was it that got you into football? I mean, you're, you're a young lad from Liverpool, so it... Yeah, listen, I don't know what... Obviously, I, I, I used to go... I used to go I mean, Grand and my dad used to take me to the boxing gym. I was more interested at boxing at first. Um, obviously, you started playing footy like everyone did in Liverpool. Um, did you know you were decent? From I, was, it, listen, from I, was, I was decent. I had a couple of stages where, like, I thought I, I could have kicked on. I would have liked to have been able to knuckle down, but I just, it just weren't in me. Do you know what I mean? I was on a different path then. I wanted to do, I wanted to do something else, which was ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? And, Around the bend, but like I, I, I would have loved to have g- given me time to it, but you I said was in a different way. Yeah, you said before that like when you, when you, when you got let go by Liverpool, and you understand that decision more now. Yeah, definitely. If you found somebody that was in a similar situation, would you maybe deal with them differently, having gone through the way you've gone through the system? Yeah, that's obviously I'd try and speak to them. Do you know what I mean? And, and did anyone try and speak to you when you? You released those. Everyone did. There's your, there's your Everybody tried to speak to me. My uncles, my dad, coach, footy coaches. When I was leaving Berry to come here, they were saying, "Don't leave. You're going to play in the first team." Walter Joyce, unbelievable football coach, great man, played for Burnley. You don't know how many times, telling me not to leave. Peter Rees was there. I was getting told not to leave. I just wanted to come because I was staying up there to come back here. I'd, I'd shared me ban at Berry. By the time my band was up, I just wanted to get back over to Liverpool. Um, and I, sh- I should have stayed, but if but maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? I reckon that brings about its own pressure if everyone's telling you to do something. And yeah. and you're kind of like at that age where you're going, I don't really want to. No. <laughs> so was that hard for you to turn around and admit and go, look, I don't really want to do this? Or Listen, going back to your question, just, I was a lad who wanted to I played footy. Was I really too bothered if I was going to be a footy player? 100% not because I had other mindsets to do things I used to honest to God think about doing things what I was doing what I'm doing now within a football club but I just didn't understand it no. do you know what yeah. I mean so this type of role was something that you'd I'd already you'd thought, thought about thought this about. yeah looking after, looking after and like it, it is home when I was in jail and the last last prison sentence what I wanted to do more or less like one of them epitomies or whatever they're called yeah. I never believed in anything like that but I'll say this on when I was in, in prison in Holland, um, <laughs> absolute dive of a jail, by the way. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, make sure not to visit it. <laughs> <laughs> it Is it on TripAdvisor? Having Strath Prison, look it up. <laughs> to go in and have a look. One shower a week, one meal a day. Oh, it was mental. But I met this fella, he was like, I don't know what I mean. And you just get speaking to people in there because you're bored on it when you go up, let them get, go out on association. So. I've never forgot his, never forgot him really because um, he was like he was an Indian guy who's saying he needs palms and I was like but where'd you man <laughs> and he, he was like listen you're not going to be happy until like you know you're helping young lads and doing this and doing that 
and he also said listen you need to be careful because when you get out of here you're going to be in a big mad case life's not going to let life's got none that's going to stop in, in, in like crime for you and I was mad him <laughs> I got out and he ended up in a big massive crime case yeah. ends up getting 12 years and now I'm sitting here talking about something that he told me about and that's the truest story ever honest wow, to God that's crazy that's to be um, he drugs and that you know what I mean he's got speaking to him because you've had something in kind with him and, um, and he's from southern I'm southern half um, Indian as well southern Amese yeah. people he was half Indian half southern Amese which is South American Going back, just touching briefly again on, on, on your experience with, with, with prison, what have you, you from that uh, same article that, that Ryan referenced before in The Independent, I think it mentioned in there that six of the team that you played in yeah. went to prison at some yeah. stage. In yeah, 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 they did. Do you think yeah. there was a, that seems like quite a big number from one group, or yeah. do you think there's a reason for that? Yeah. I, I, I always try and think about it, do you know what I mean? I just I couldn't put my finger on why, mm. why it happens. That, that group from Liverpool Schoolboys was a, a majority of lads ended up going to clubs um, and for some weird reason or what other they ended up going into like drugs. Mm. I don't know, like years ago the players... the opportunity there. You know what I mean, they were unbelievable. You look at some like United now, opportunity because the lack of choice. But back then you seem to get your opportunity on merit. Yeah. Don't seem, no one's trusted anymore, I think maybe managers don't yeah. get as long in the job. Too much pressure. All of the players just don't put them in. Yeah. All the young lads coming through good enough because we go back and it like you know they they're dead young in the heads. Yeah. Not saying yeah. all of them are. I don't know. I'm, I'm not round them. Do you think kids play enough football? Do you think there's just more to do? Like when uh, even when you know even when we we were younger, you'd go home after school. You'd last year you'd yeah. school bag in. You'd you'd get your ball and you'd go down to the end of the road and <clears> start knocking up against the wall or doing keep ups in your back garden yeah. or whatever it would be. Well, now you get in, you can turn your Xbox on, you can turn your PlayStation yeah. on. Is, do you think that there's, there's something in that in terms of the definitely, way the football is laid? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Do. Listen, and not all lads are like that. I've got, I've got to say it. Do you know what I mean? I've got, I've got some lads in the, you know, in the, the other parts of the club, the centre of development, which is just across it. These over like I don't know, 170 lads. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Not all of them are the same. I've got there's a few who. Are, you know, they are a bit younger than the other ones, and the other ones are. Uh, you know, I've just. I'm getting eight player profiles to do to send out to all like non league clubs to send them over. I sent a few over, and I've had a few replies back, and they have them for pre season to go in. Um, Evo Stich Prem and um, the Conference North level, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's a good level. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. proper levels, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the, the focus, some of them are focused, some of them are just boys. Mm. Yeah. They just are. I remember. Um, was it Ash Taylor who got sent out on loan to Colwyn Bay yeah. to yeah. toughen him up? Basically, and he came back, yeah. and I think the when season the, after, yeah, he's in the first team. Was the first team. And listen, it happens. It, it, it does. It, it's a boss level. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's real. You, you, you're playing in the youth team. Does anyone bothers if you know? Yeah. Obviously, the bothers if you get beat. Does it mean anything to three points? Are you playing against lads who are fighting to put money on the t- mm-hmm. to put food on the table? No, yeah. you're not. You fight mm-hmm. playing against the kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, the RLA and B system, you know, I don't know, it was a brilliant system. You could be playing against Phil Neville. I played against Phil Neville. You know, seasoned pros in the A team or the B team if they're coming back from injury. Do you yeah. think that's the biggest thing that kids at that age maybe need to learn is that, like, you know, they turn up. So a kid who's been in, in, maybe in a Premier League academy, he's a couple of the way through, he gets to 18, you know, and he's getting paid X amounts, mm. he's got everything looked after for him, and then he turns up on a Saturday afternoon in the <coughs> Conference North 
and there's fellas there who've been in work all week and this money paying their mortgage yeah. and for them it's like if we win this that means I might get to go on holiday because yeah. I can use the win bonus yeah, for yeah, yeah. that type of stuff is that kind of life lesson really important for them do you think? 100% obviously listen I'm not going to say they shouldn't be getting this amount of money and this that the other but ain't it yeah. So yeah. you've got it. So you've got desire and commitment in your in your body. You know, Neil Sang, a close friend of mine, a football agent. There's two lads. Uh, I think Tom's at, at Cardiff, and Chris is at Barnsley. He's went on loan to a couple of non-league clubs. But they've both got that mentality yeah. in them. Do you know what I mean? Chris has went out on loan, scored struggles at first. Now he's getting a bit older. He's done well at games, but he scored a great goal yeah. well, what's wrong with that way and they both come through yeah. different yeah. ways do you know what I mean horses but for like, horses isn't it yeah of course it is It is. You, you know what's right what's wrong and, and, and to get that journey up to the football but you mentioned before there's different types of kids you know I can react differently yeah. to Danny reacts yeah, over no, there of course, of is course. there a certain techniques that you look towards or I, I, do, you know, do you know what are you just down to it I just try just... and have a laugh with them do you know yeah. what I mean just I try and have a laugh at, at you know I try and have a little bit of a joke you don't know what's going on at home behind closed doors 16 to 18 year old young lad's mindset is so different that they don't know where they're going they don't know what they want to do we've all been that age and then obviously we have a little bit older like 19 obviously if they stay on that 19 to 23 some of them are I've usually broke the, the mindset and, and I can yeah. help them where they want to go in life do you know what I mean by then they, be, they become my mates do you know what I mean Yeah. but 16 to 18 difficult mm. not, not difficult just it's hard to think into to try and get into the reds and, and it's that crossover between yeah. like child and adult isn't yeah, it the, yeah the, definitely, the, the, definitely. The, the, you're no longer a kid anymore yeah. you're an adult oh, we've, listen we've got a few <coughs> of the girls in the college a few girls wow completely different to understand everything so career minds and know what they want to do in education where they want to go to yeah. Having it too young and then waiting till you're too old as well to balance because yeah. if you look at the success stories of Tramia recent years, like Stephen Jennings, Dale Jennings, Stephen Davis, they came to us at like 17, 18, yeah. whereas the like the Jack Dunn's come to us at like 23 with yeah. little experience. Yeah, probably think I'm too good for this level and then yeah. soon find themselves falling down, but yeah. not for lack of ability. No, listen, Jack Dunn has loads of ability. Yeah, I, I, listen, he's come from Liverpool, I, I think he played for England this, that, the other. I've watched the lad saying great left foot. It's got nothing to do with ability. It's, is it maybe his mind where he's where he's, I don't I don't know. Is it stockpile an issue a bit though at football clubs? Like it's often maybe, like the maybe. UEA managers don't like to send a player where they're gonna play on a worse pitch, get yeah. coached in a different way, pick up bad habits, but, but is it detriment to the player? You, you don't know if injuries are gonna come yeah. or you know, you might need a player for a different type of game mm. or you you might play a different system. We've got what, eighteen teams or something? And I do the 21s and then I go round and make sure I do like a, a cycle of all the other teams and how they're doing and that. Does it matter if we, our teams get beaten over it? It's yeah. a different pressure, isn't it? It's a different, yeah, different way of going about it. You've got to be brave to do it. You've spoke a little bit about it in, in, in some of the interviews that, that we've sort of read doing a bit yeah. of research for it about... Maybe about kind of like regret and and things, and you can, yeah. you touched on it before as well. Do you think, given your current position, because Ant asked you there about how do you sort of relate to the yeah. kids and what have you, and I would imagine that for them, they're not going to come across anyone who's had probably as colourful a life as, yeah. as yourself. Yeah. Is there a kind of dichotomy between you going, I've had a very, I've had the colourful life, which has yeah. given me the life experience to do the yeah. job, but I've also, because of that route, has meant maybe I've missed out on things I could have done. Listen, I don't get why young lads deal open up to me more than anyone else. The yeah. reason being they probably well they do know that I've probably had a bit of a but they know I've got a 
but a different past and you know I've messed up in life does that make it easier to probably speak to someone like that I don't know maybe I mean that's easy going with them yeah I don't know but as for regrets for me and myself yeah that's, that's, I say do you just want to be me or do you want to be someone who's been successful that's not to say you're not successful no I'm not listening in a different way no I'm not I know but you know I've, I've had to it cost me 15 years of my life mm. do you know what I mean do you, want to, do you want 15 years of your life to go like that yeah. or would you rather start on the platform now do you sit here mm. now though and go you know if somebody could say you can switch the clock back you can go back and, and you'd have been you know you'd have played 10 years in the Premier League 5 years yeah. and then oh, the goal listen I can I can't change the, the past, you know what I mean? But to the regret that I, I never focused because, you know, I was at points where if I would have focused and I was training with first teams and this, that, the other, playing games, and but I just didn't have the mental capacity at that age, yeah. you know what I mean? I'd love to be able to, to go back and see what has happened. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. So you're... So your role at the moment, which is um, the football development manager yeah. for Tramia, yeah. what does your role entail on like a day-to-day basis? My role is, is different, so I, I, I look to recruit lads, obviously for the football size, I'm, I'm recruiting them for squads for the for the for obviously the football club, I've even scouted for the first team. I also try and recruit everyone for the college, uh, I have meetings with them, I, I make sure the parents, are, everything's right, all the football structures is working correctly. I've been abroad looking at lads, we've got lads from coming from other countries, so yeah, I make sure all the paperwork's right and, and the structures of it and the timetable and before it begins, so... I also do the under 16s now. We're starting the 15s. I'm starting the girls team, so I do all the first and first and foremost parts of it. And the the role that you do now came about on the back of was it a charity that you set up to sort of help people who were in a similar yeah, situation so to you? Yeah, so I set a company up, um, a CIC company. When I got out of prison, me and my brother Jared, he set it up with me. We had a couple of centres. What were what was around the north helping a few young lads. Um, had a couple of football teams done well with it and then an opportunity come here for Tramway we set something up here six years ago started it off um, and then I just said to me to Jared like what do you want to do should we carry on with our other stuff or should we, should we you know go give this 100% see where it leads and obviously you know, it's grown and grown every year. It's um, so. Did you brilliant. did you approach Tramir or did Tramir approach you? No, I approached Tramir through a, through a friend. Um, well, the chairman's friend, um, Mark, had just bought the club. Uh, I approached um, um, it was a friend of mine who's a, who's a good plays with Mark here, Owen Brown. So he, he approached Mark, had a meeting with Mark, and he just went, "Go ahead, see what you can do about it." And then that seems to tie in with everything they're about, though, doesn't it? So yeah. community, spirit, yeah, no, community of course, assets, yeah, definitely. And, Definitely, yeah, and I, I, it's it's worked brilliantly. Do you know what I mean? It's grown. We've got a couple of other sites across at our Merseyside, which is growing every year. For, sorry, I mean other job is like um, to subsites. I've got we've got a subsite up in Ormskirk. We've got one in starting in Kirby. Could have one in Manchester. Beechwood's opening, so I I, I'll, I bounce around all them. And sites is that doing well. the same the same type of role? Um, yeah, well, obviously they're not on the, the the training grounds as well. Obviously we have stuff going down there, so I have to go over and oversee all that, see what what's going on, speak to lads. See, the biggest part is the exit routes for them getting. Do they want to? Where do they want to go? Is it football? If they want a career, where are they going? Can I help them with that part of it? And we've asked that to unbelievable, way above the national averages. 
95% progression you know what I mean it's unbelievable, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's not like it yeah. and it's standing at overs and we're getting above average in the UK do you know what I mean what you were talking about there about exit routes how do you kind of what do you what things do you put in place to reduce the sort of maybe like the repercussions of kids falling out of football having maybe had it as their dream for a long time do you know what simple speak to them I talk to them yeah. I just speak to them it's that easy Yeah. there's no science to it speak to them yeah. get their what their thought processes are do you know what I mean be honest with them be honest and speak it's not see people come making up it's not hard speak to them speak to the parents we, we have a yeah. lot of meetings with the parents speaking to them sat with two parents today about about things do you know what I mean I had a parent come over from Australia the other day spoke with her about some really positive one of them was negative because the son doesn't come in and the other one was so two three in the last two days two were really positive one was negative do you know what I mean but be honest yeah if, you, if you're not going to be honest what, yeah. where do you yeah. stand do you know what I mean deal with head on yeah of course exactly. if you're not honest and dealing with the reality you can't make you can't you, you can't build the platform to progress yeah your role is obviously within Tramia do yeah. you think what you're doing it Tramia and what the club do generally is different from what's done elsewhere in, in football to your oh, 100% say we are doing it completely different do you know what I mean I'm not going to go into it but we've got all sorts of pyramid systems data collection met with the chairman I've got another meeting what's going on with the you know obviously the football side going from next season obviously you, you know Premier League clubs they've got all the money in the world yeah. we, we've got to think about what we're doing do you know what I mean but do you think football as an industry does enough for people at that age I suppose to to make sure that you know as you said like the yeah. route that you went down doesn't you know it's not I, I wanted to go down that route you know what I mean I, I, people trying to help me I can't blame no one else I chose to do it I wanted to do it you know what I mean no one forced me into it I wanted to do it I wanted to, I wanted to succeed in it yeah I think it is until I've got nicht. <laughs> but like, listen, you know, I, I can't go into detail, obviously, yeah. but like, I was doing things before, you know, loads of people were doing it over in other countries, but I wanted to do it, I never got pushed into it. I suppose that's on the extreme side yeah. of it then, isn't it? If yeah, up in prison, But if, in, in sort of, just being in an academy, yeah. you go from being 18, maybe in a, a decent bit of money, to yeah. suddenly finding yourself with no football. Yeah and nothing that you were yeah. particularly skilled in because you've put all your energy into football listen, you're uh, trying you to bridge that gap yeah listen the education they're getting now can be can be joined up to anything if they want to go to university do you know what I mean so if, you, if you're at an academy now at academies you're 16 to 18 all them little kids things six and eight year olds I don't agree with it just leave them to put the kids walking around with Liverpool Man United kids on thinking they're playing for the teams they're yeah. playing for the kids team yeah. do you know what I mean it's madness it's absolute madness I don't know I don't know do you think that creates a lot of pressure for them quite young I know a lot of kids who don't play football at the age of 10 and 12 and this because they're getting released from you know a club and the kids yeah do you know what I mean just like I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know, but I, like when I was a kid, I was in I, when I was eight. I was to try me for six months and then yeah. got released. I was very upset, but my mum took me to a club shop and bought me the full kit yeah. to try and <laughs> save yeah, me and took yeah, me for yeah. ice cream. But it was really upsetting, and it was that I'd spent six months. I was in, you know, doing Saturday yeah. mornings up at up at yeah. England, and then yeah. all of a sudden, don't want you to come back. Yeah, mm. and it, and literally we just got told. I think it was we just got told. Ah, uh, you know. 
you're not right for right now and yeah, you know, yeah, we'll yeah. keep an eye on you etc and then that was it and I, never See, I don't, I don't agree do you know what I mean I, I never say to a kid we don't want you that I just can't do it do you know what I mean yeah. how, how can you tell a kid not to come back to the football club when it's a community aspect without the community there's no football club yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with it you can't shouldn't be getting told you're not good you're not good enough I don't, when it gets to a certain age you know what I mean don't, don't, don't bring them down they know if they're not good enough yeah you're telling an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old you're not good enough. Yeah, who's to say what person will be in ten years exactly. anyway? Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with it. I think it's absolutely mental. It's 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 round the bend, that's yeah. that side of it. Listen, don't get me wrong, when you're getting into the you know, sixteen, eighteen stage and you know, it becomes cutthroat, yeah, it's it's gotta be. And there's players coming the next year yeah. and the next year. I understand what the coaches coaches have got to do from a coaching point of yeah. view, do you know what I mean? But surely that education Eases that a little bit. Yeah, listen, and the education side, what they're doing, I, I don't it. it. It's good enough to go into university, yeah, do you know what I mean? But the kid doesn't understand if they get released that they can do that. Sometimes I think yeah. obviously the education now is a lot more. It's a lot more open. The, the football clubs definitely do t- speak to them about it now, especially the PFA and the LFE. I used to go around about it. I've done a lot of stuff when I come out of jail, speaking about education, and I, I hear loads of people going Plan B, Plan B now. So obviously, it's out there. It's not like they do. It's not like they just dismiss it. You know what I mean? It's going to say Jinga Tamat the time before one of them yeah. makes it into Tramia's first team in the future. Good lads who come in. The other, you know, Mickey has a look at him. He come in through the twenty-one, scores a couple of goals. Cole Hall, he's at Ratcliffe now. They're going to have a look at him in the pre-season. Six foot five. When he won, years of age, he's just come from nowhere. Yeah. And like he's played in the reserves a couple of times, hasn't looked out of place. So if I don't have opportunity from? on you, yeah. then wouldn't have had the opportunity, no, which is fantastic. And like that, you know, it's, it's a bit, and like you know, everyone, all the coaches here now, they understand. Like, listen, their players can come from anywhere. And that's the way it should be. And yeah. you've even seen that on the top level as well, like Vardy yeah. and and the like. That's, that's the way it should be. It, it, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't have like a bias towards people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not biased to anyone. You know what I mean? Like Andy Robinson's another good example, isn't yeah. he? Came into the game a little bit later, yeah. in a different, more yeah. more orthodox route. But even going further back than that, Peter Davenport was picked off the yeah, pitches by yeah, 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 I don't know, he's after us the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Do you think the work that you do is really important with regards to the fact that, you know, the big two clubs that are over the other side of the water? Listen, I think we do brilliant. Um, I think we do brilliant in what we're doing. We're getting some good players. We're moving them on into non-league football. Yeah, every side's a lot for you. A couple of lads who've signed professional contracts, yeah. Does it mean they're going to get in the first team? No. But we've got a system in place. You know, we, 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 we want to get some lads over from other countries coming over here. I think, you know, I've spoke to the, the secretary, the managing director about it and the chairman about it. I think we've got a structure where we can do that. And, you know, we obviously, we obviously it's a footy club, you do want to find players. And we everyone knows from Sean Garner, Andy Parkinson, Mickey Mellon, all the way to... Where do you get a player from? Who cares if they, if they come from whatever route? Yeah. If you get a player? Yeah. Listen, Jeff King, I found him playing footy in, in Liverpool on a five-a-side pitch. Yeah. I'm even in the conference he ends up playing in the championship for Bolton against West Ham so yeah. do, do you know what yeah. I mean yeah. he's playing five a side so lad who's just gone to Blackpool I think yeah we, we, we had him yeah. Garrity. Uh, ben Garrity ben we Garrity, had him yeah. like when he was 16 and shows you there you go Yeah. there you go so what's right and wrong
one of the, the sort of the biggest things that we want to do with this, this with the podcast is is to try and sort of encourage men like of all ages to, to talk a little bit more yeah. and you, we, we've spoke about it before with you saying you know just just talking to, to, to the lads and what have you to think there is an issue with men in general talking enough about the feelings in general um, probably probably it's just because the, the, the man aren't the man aren't they, do yeah. you know what I mean probably do they feel a little bit embarrassed probably does it do they probably feel weak yeah um, do you think know. that? Do you think the attitude towards that's changing a bit? Do you yeah, think? probably, probably, probably. Yeah, I, I obviously I've come through a different way of life. Do you know what I mean? You know, when I was a kid, I was having a couple of problems. Obviously, when I was a young lad, I should have spoke about them. Yeah, but obviously I've been to jail four times, so it just puts you in a different yeah. stance yeah, yeah. of your life. So obviously people deal with things, but some of the stuff I hear, I go. Oh, because I remember what it was like to, to have bad. Yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. And mental health, you know, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what's impacting them. Everyone's thinks differently. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it is like you know, I've I've, 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 had, I've seen it. I've seen mental health. Do you know what I mean? And you know, it's not it's not nice. It isn't. What do you kind of do then to sort of you know if you've said someone in your you know yeah. in the college or anything who, who find it difficult to open up is that anything maybe listen got- they, they come and speak to me they f- they, for some accounts they don't get it no, do you think it's no just what you you because I've been through crap yeah how can I judge anyone let's be honest you know what I mean how can I judge how can I judge a young young person starting off in life because they probably I don't know whatever whatever their issues are do you know what I mean there's probably a lot of counselling in your role when it's not actually part of the yeah, job yeah obviously just I, I do I do speak product. to them and they, they just open up to me do you yeah. know what I mean and, and that's fine that's fine that's is that a big is that a, a part of the role that you enjoy or that you envisage I just, I just I, I'm one of them people who wants to help yeah, yeah. I, I want I want young people. It's in me to help young people to to have a career and do well for themselves. I get a buzz off it. Yeah, I get a proper buzz off it when someone does well out of it. You know what I mean? My me, me cousin come here when he was f- four years ago, never kicked a ball in his life, and he's buzzing. He's co- he absolutely made up. He's come here. He's ended up going. And pl- he plays for the twenty ones. What we do? He's when I'm playing for base going now, and he's like, how how's that happened? You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's made up in his life. Yeah. yeah. He'll probably end up playing in the Evo Stick Prems or yeah. something. Yeah. Is that succeeded for him? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you don't have to play for Man United with no, a football to have made it in football, do you? You've so. got to be realistic, yeah. haven't you? You're going to ever play for Man United? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. You know, football's a strange game, isn't it? And things happen. Could he probably pl- play a bit higher? Probably. Yeah. And who knows? No. Sometimes it might even be like, do you want to, you know, do you enjoy what you're yeah. doing now? Why yeah. do you need to go to yeah. a level where the pressure increases yeah, to put no, you don't enjoy it anymore? If there's anything that at one point where you probably would have picked out and gone, that's the moment when I should have gone. Do, do you know what? Did I listen? I, I think all the time I'd have to go back to when I was about fourteen, and I, and I sometimes think because listen, I, I have got regrets. Do you know what I mean? Think about it every day. I wish I would have went to jail when I was a kid. Right. I wish I would have went to jail as a, as a young lad, would have got thrown in and whatever, and bossed all the young offenders, and I would have sorted me head out. That's I wish I would have got about a two or three years, yeah. To learn, basically. To learn, and I would have come out, hopefully, like I am now, and now I think now, do you know yeah. what I mean? I wish I would have. That's what, that's what I think. And yeah. It's, it's mad, isn't it? Because I wish if I would have went to jail at that younger age, I could have probably sorted me head out quick. Do you do anything to, you know, 
obviously it's about mental health this podcast do you do anything to keep yourself upbeat keep yourself in that calm relaxed nature that you are now Listen, so. you know obviously everyone always thinks stuff don't they I go to the gym I still go to the gym and that um, I've just I have a, I obviously I just spend a lot of time with me with me with me family do you know what I mean if I can and sit with people who are positive people around me and who I want to be around I don't go and hang around with people and who, who don't need to yeah. I sit with me mum now and again Listen, my, my mum's come everywhere and my brother and my sister have come everywhere where, wherever I've been where prisons yeah. you know what I mean does anyone else come a couple of my aunties and my cousins so we had to give them the time of me to you know what I mean okay. and that's just how it is given sort of the journey that you've had and where you've got to there must be a bit of like a sense of personal pride about yeah listen I, I know I know I've, listen I know I've done well to get to this position do you know what I mean and like you know people do say it to me do you know what I mean but it's, it's hard to it's hard to get a job when you come out of jail yeah it's hard to get a job that's why I had to create a business yeah to, to uh, enable it yeah, yeah although no one wanted to give me a job I think I saw recently on um, I think it was to do was it through the Echo Car Park uh, you know the Echo Arena the car park oh, yeah. down I think they I think the building company who are doing uh, that job have basically got a, a scheme where they've got people who've just come out of prison. Well, my cousin John Burton, he does it, he's doing, he's doing something great, he came out not so long ago, and he's really putting his time into getting people work from jails. Yeah, I've done a bit of it when I first come out, obviously, but then the football side stuck over, but he's doing he's doing brilliant work, him. He's, he's doing all construction sites, getting people coming out into the halfway it's houses. That one, isn't it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think but so. it's my yeah. cousin, yeah. Oh, is okay. Well, because obviously prison is ideally a, a rehabilitation. So when yeah, you get out of that place and no one's there to rehabilitate you, yeah. just because you go to jail doesn't mean you tick. Yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of clever people in there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, a lot of clever doesn't mean the, the stupid. No, no, not a no, not a chance in the world to not take people. They're very clever, mm-hmm. and if they put their minds to, to things, they, they can do a lot of stuff. Do you think there's a, as someone obviously come out of out of prison and we're in that situation where, as you say, Ned, it's very hard to get a job. You have to almost create yeah. one for yourself. Do you think there's like there obviously is a stigma attached to to like people like yourself who come out yeah. you know like like Ant mentioning schemes like that and, and and trying to you know if you look at prisons like a rehabilitation sort of saying yeah. almost yeah. football could be a good way of, of, of kind of listen definitely listen, this, this football club has given a lot of people who've got uh, there's another lad there me mates come on as a coach who were my next door neighbour went to jail played football for the, oh, crazy me, uh, me area was, was <laughs> <laughs> every one of us went to jail but no listen he's come out he's, um, he's done a degree with the club got a little bit of a job at the club they've looked after him got another lad there at the maintenance um, side give him a job there's been a lot of other people who've come in and got experience give a girl a job she ends up getting another job so this club's be you know he give me he give me a, um, a, an opportunity of done all right and he's let me do little bits you know what i mean and it, it's worked for people yeah it has it has worked people don't for people. forget that as well do they? you look at mark i think he always uh, reflects on when they let him go to uni when he was a player yeah and then 20, 30, 40 years later he buys the club and no, you, think no, they, you they, never know how someone's going to be successful from no, that group of, of people and you won't forget no no listen, he, he must be stressed out of his head being in, in the role he is do you know what I mean and yeah. it's hard work especially in these times with the lower yeah. league clubs do you know what I mean but if I've been offered to go to other places do you know what I mean because I've been here and done so well but I don't know a footy club where you can knock on a German store and he, he goes yeah come in yeah. Where, yeah. Where, where, where is that because even when I was playing in footy clubs yeah. and I've never experience that yeah yeah knock on the chairman's door sometimes he tells you to go away like <laughs> 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 but like no listen you know 
he, he, we're working that happen. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone, another chairman who's that open and wants to speak to you and gives you the time of day. It's it's interesting really because a lot of when we were doing the prep for this podcast, we didn't we didn't want it to come across like oh, football's a negative thing or because yeah. a lot of the aspects that kind of they could be negative aspects of yeah. football, but people love football. People yeah, love football. their football clubs. And it can be such a force for goods. Yeah, but, but shit, look what it's done for me. Look, so I've done this, and I've probably helped. I've been out now near enough ten years. I've helped thousands of kids yeah. through football. Yeah, thousands, not not more, one or two thousands. Yeah, through, through me being in this role, mm. do you know what I mean? So obviously, it's good, isn't it? Mm. It works. It works. Welcome back. Uh, still got Danny and Ryan with me. Um, but before we go into talking about what Mike's spoken about, I just want to ask them one question. Mike said that he, he spent a time in, in a prison that was one of the worst he'd ever stayed in. Um, now, neither of you two have, have been in, inside a jail, but I just want to know, what's the worst place you've ever stayed? I'd like to, um, at a first, like to challenge your last assertion, Anthony. I've actually been inside two prisons. They were on guided tours, but nonetheless... I don't want the, uh, you know, I don't want the history books to be inaccurate. That would be a tragedy. But continue, Ryan. You can go first, mate. I'm not entirely sure. You've caught me off the blue there. Do you know, Dan? Well, I think. Um, when when we were kids, we went on a holiday with uh, with my mum and dad. So it was my mum and dad and me and me brother Mark, and we drove to uh, Lake Garda in Italy. So I think it took us like two days of driving. middle class. Offensive. <laughs> so we drove. I mean, we were. I mean, yeah. I suppose we are. I mean, we're not middle class. We're just better than you. Um, <laughs> so we were. We were driving to Lake Garda, and uh, and we got to the the like the Euro Camp type place we were staying. And when we arrived, it became apparent quite quickly that they'd forgotten about our booking or that they'd overbooked or what have you. And they tried to blag us off with this cabin. And it was clearly like an old cabin that hadn't been used for about 10 years. And it was wooden and had no air conditioning. And it was about 35 degrees. And it was absolutely horrible. Um, which I realise sounds very first world problems. Oh, my cabin in, 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 in Italy was horrible. But yeah, that was grim. And it's still something I reminisce about now. Um, the the hotel that you and I stayed in in, in Paris wasn't great, was it? And I, I every morning when you got up to go to the loo, I on clockwork with the paper thin walls was an experience. Um, somehow brought us closer together. But there you go. Probably says more about me than 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 the hotel itself. Yeah, I don't think we need to go into uh, my, my routines of a morning. Uh, Ryan, the worst place you've stayed? We've had a bit of thinking time now. Um, funnily enough, the, the place that comes to mind is also Italy. Um, I'm not the middle as, class. Not as posh as Danny going on um, a trip to Lake Garda and then being offended. But um, went to Rome with Rach and she was like, oh, my friend stayed in this really cute B&B and it's dead nice. And I think it was based on, what's that famous black and white film? Well, that narrows it down. There's not many of them. Um, I don't know. It's some, some love story anyway. And... Thought it was, I don't know, mate. Um, no, I think it's more Christmassy. It's a wonderful life. 
it might be something like that. Anyway, that's what she had in her mind, and it was just crap. It was just like shower trickled out. There was no like cook breakfast in the morning. You just got like this fruit bowl randomly knocked on your door. It was just dead weird and just like old and dusty. And I was like, this isn't romantic. Just shit. Let's get back to the um, <laughs> interview. Yeah. What are we taking away from that? Mike, a really interesting guy, a, a, a very wonderful, crazy kind of life and, and getting his life back on track with, with the stuff he's doing at Tramie right now. So, Danny, what, what did you take away from that? Well, a number of things. I, I think the, 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 one of the, the interesting things that, that my, we spoke about with Mike was, and it, it kind of goes back to some of the things that we've spoken about in previous episodes, was the fact that six of Mike's team that he was, that he was playing with when he was at Liverpool all ended up in prison. And the area of Liverpool that, that Mike comes from is obviously not the not the wealthiest area, and and as is probably a lot of places that the people grew up around the time that 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 Mike was growing up in Liverpool, there probably is a lot a large population of lads his age who, who ended up in similar circles, and a lot of that comes from the sort of the the, the poverty and the austerity that that comes in places like that. So I thought that was really startling and 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 kind of interesting that shows the. The, the type of demographics that that produces footballers. Yeah, it it was um, it's funny you should say that. When I was listening back, the thing that always struck me was the way that he said, you know, I I made those decisions. I didn't get dragged into it. I didn't didn't I wanted to do it. Essentially, I think he says it, it at one point in that interview, which I thought was was really quite was honest and 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 refreshing and, and really good to hear you know there was no blame laid at anyone else's door um so that was kind of interesting for me ryan did you did you take away anything different to danny or was it kind of a similar theme for yourself you you basically took the words out of my mouth and i was going to sort of say around that self-responsibility where he did he said exactly that didn't he i chose that it's what i actually wanted to do at the time um, and I think that's important, that honesty, because it allows you to get on with your life. Although he did say he reflected and he looked back and there were things he wished he did differently, he didn't let it consume him to the point where he, he could never ca- carry on with his life. Because let's be honest, when, when somebody goes to prison one, once, they, they either go back and tend to always go back or never go back again. So he's he finds himself in a position where I think his last prison sentence was already got like 12 years. Um, and you think at that point, you're probably looking at him. Everybody would have wrote him off at that stage in his 30s, 12 about to serve um, part of a 12-year sentence, three different countries he's been in prison in. And he comes back and he just has this moment and he decides, no, I am going to pursue my dreams. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to turn my life around. And I started thinking about this. Is football the only industry where you could get back into the education sector and have that opportunity after going to prison four times. And I haven't looked into it too deeply, but you probably couldn't go down the usual routes. And and I think Danny said this to him when he was speaking to him, he almost had to create his own business just to be able to work. And I really did admire that about him because uh, it was all off his own back. He didn't wait for somebody to say, can you tell me your story? In fact, he hasn't actually done an awful awful lot of press since he's left prison, considering he's got such a great story to tell. Um, and I think when you look at him and, 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 and how he is, it really resonates why 
lads who are 16 to 21 who come from predominantly probably a Merseyside working class area and maybe don't have a, a great opp- amount of opportunities. You can see why the, the the completion rate on the course is so high above the national average because it's almost like he's not saying to them, do as I did. He's telling them, do as I didn't. And I think yeah. that's quite an important message that you haven't just got some someone there who's had all these opportunities telling you this is exactly what you need to do. You've got somebody there saying to you, these are mistakes that I've made. These are mistakes you may have made. Don't let them define you. Let them let them be part of your journey. Carry on. It that's fine. It doesn't mean there won't be other opportunities, and it allows people to to enjoy all aspects of football because you see making football as playing for Man United, winning the league, playing for Liverpool, every young boy's dream. Um, but you, it's acceptable to to earn two hundred pound a week playing part time. You've still made a success of football. It's what what suits you, and that's what I really love about what he's doing at Tramies College. It's it's not make it at the top level or don't make it at all. It's make it on your own terms. Um, and he's just giving people opportunities. So, yeah, I think all that stemmed to answer the original question from from his honesty. Do you know what, right? It's interesting. That one of the things that I wrote down from listening to it was, and it's something that we've kind of spoken about in a couple of different ways when we've been doing the interviews, is when he was talking about how you get lads, you know, and, and it'll be the same for girls as well, who are eight, nine, ten years old playing for what these days would be like an academy or whatever the equivalent would be at the club. I know there's a few different ways you can do it, but playing for an academy, wearing all the gear, everyone at their school knows that they play for Liverpool. All the, you know, they've got all the clothes, you know, that and their parents are probably really proud of them and want to encourage them. So they probably put stuff on social media and what have you. And there's and that can create quite a lot of pressure. You've got people thinking, and they might get to 12, 13, 14 and be let go and then feel like maybe like a failure or that they weren't good enough. When when you actually think about it, only a small percentage of people even get to that point so that they've made a massive success. They're clearly good enough to have gotten to that point and that should be celebrated. But it's almost seen like, oh, you let go, you didn't make it, as opposed to the alternate way of looking at it is, is that you made it that far and that's a real achievement in itself. And that probably means that you probably have got enough talent and enough ability to go and make it at some level. And yeah. I think maybe the the issue is is that because there's so much hype around the top level and because it's you know it's glorified and it's presented in such a way that other forms of football are almost disregarded. And Mike was very keen to make the point that it shouldn't be disregarded the the non league. It should be respected. And he's very right in saying that. I mean. There's, there'll, be, there'll be plenty of players who play non-league who could play at a professional level, but the money situation for them dictates that it it, it makes more sense for them to stay part-time. So I, I just think for, for lots of young lads and what Mike's trying to encourage to them is, is that if you don't make it as a professional, it's not a failure. It's a success if, 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 if you go and learn something from it and you're taking it to something else, be that going and being a non-league player or the education that you get from being in the college you take it into a job and, and into your future prospects. And I think that's a really important message because as we see, it's so detrimental for people to go through their whole life thinking they're going to be a footballer and then at the point where you're close enough to be able to do it in an age where you know, you're know you going to start playing and, and, and get all the good stuff that comes with being a footballer, that it's taken away. And that must be really hard emotionally for young people. So to almost treat it like, and Mike was very honest saying, are you going to play for a Man United? Are you going to play for Liverpool? Probably not. And you can imagine him saying that to the kids as well and saying, look, it's not a failure. 99.9% of the people 
don't play for Man United and Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. They don't play him. 99.9% of people don't play for Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, Aberdeen. They don't play for these clubs. Yeah, it's such a small percentage of people that actually make it. So to feel like a failure not to make it when you're probably better than 90% of the kids in your age range anyway, it just it doesn't make any sense. But I think it's the system is set up that glorifies being a footballer so much that it builds people's dreams up so much. And especially when you're young and you're very impressionable and... And, you know, you're there, you've got all the gear on and you're going round to the training ground and you may be meeting some of the old, you know, the current players and ex-players and, you know, they might occasionally bring you on the pitch. And it's all this whole wooing thing to to get you to buy into it and, and so that if you are good enough, maybe you'll stay. But there is an acceptance, I think, with with academies that they know that the majority of the people that are in their academies aren't going to make it just because it's not physically possible for them all to do so. But maybe they need to be a bit more honest and upfront and say, the life field is, you won't make it. You might do it. You train hard and you're good enough and you get the, the opportunity, you might make it. But set them up not to fail because I think that the, the drop-off off the other end is so huge. It's, it must be really, really hard for kids at that age. Yeah. Do you know what? When I, when I was just listening to you then, I couldn't think of a, a better person to, to be running that that course, someone who's been through all those experiences and said, look, this might not turn out the way that it, you want it to. So I think, obviously, this is the, only, the first time we've had a little look behind what a club does and, and how they, they treat the, the youngsters and how they, they go about it. And I think providing the education is massive. But then also, you know, he, he, you speak to him about the the players that he's got there and he's trying to get them in touch with, like, other clubs around the Northwest, you know, not little clubs. I think one of them was Bersco, they mentioned. And I remember Bersco beating Gillingham, I think, in the FA Cup. They're a big club. So you're going to go and play for them. I think that's what football needs to do. Now, I'm unsure whether um, anyone else does that. I know uh, recently in the, in the news, I think United have kept hold of uh, or offered financial packages to to their youngsters who were who were about to be let go. So yeah. they're not going to fall on hard times. And we spoke about the Salford stuff in the not for me, Clive, the episode the other day. That was great. That, that thing, just to touch on that, that was really great. I thought that was, I mean, United, you know, I mean, there's an element of it that they've got enough money that they should be doing it, but they didn't have to, and lots of clubs won't. But they're acknowledging that, as we said in that, not for me, Clive, that you're going to get loads of kids, 17, 18, 19, who all they've known is football, that are not going to make the grade. And they're going out into a into a, a jobs market and into a, a an economy that's absolutely decimated. And they've looked at that and said, "What we we you know we've got a duty of care to these kids and a duty of care to these young adults to help them on their way because they know that if they were if they'd made it, that you know they they'll make a lot of money off them because they're, they're assets for them. So they've treated them with respect. So yeah, good that you brought that up, and because I I I. I I think we tweeted about it, didn't we, the other day? But I just thought that was that was really good to see, and hopefully an example that other clubs take on. Because as we've said, the damage in terms of mental health and and you know your self worth and and that sort of thing and direction for for people at that age is is huge. And we and you know it's not a secret, but clubs need to take a more active involvement in terms of the support that they give those players to as they come out of the academies. Absolutely. And I think, it, you know, we're talking about education before as well. And I think there's arguments for and against this. I think personally, my belief is that I don't think a lot of 
people in this country value the education system and value what it gives you. Whereas I think other people who come into the country from different backgrounds have, have pretty much picked it up and gone, this is one of the most important things I can do. I, I, I don't know why that is. might just be my personal opinion. Um, but it's really nice to see that these kids who are going to enjoy football and have an outside thing as well with with being educated and understanding the world and understanding that this might not go well and i'm kind of thinking that would make you play football better if you're not focused on just one thing and you can't if you you don't get it you're a failure removes the pressure doesn't it that's yeah that's kind of their enjoyment and i think all three of us have always you know, when you've been in school and you're looking forward to football at a night time, you really enjoy that. Yeah. And I think if you were spinning that round and that's all you had was football, I think you'd start to get a little bit moody, you'd start to get a little bit negative about it. If it but it becomes, Ant, football. it becomes less about you enjoying the football and more about, oh, I'm working towards a career here. Or if I, oh, if I missed place that pass, I won't make the next team and then, I, you know, my dream's gone. Whereas you just make it about enjoying playing the football and if you just happen to be good enough and happen to work hard enough and be in the right place at the right time that you make it then it's all mm-hmm. gravy in it but it doesn't have to be a massive issue if you don't and then it, it it just puts so much pressure on it do you know what another interesting thing as well is Anton? i know you've mentioned this um before in, in in other contexts but there's a certain element of it that and and there's a lot of studies that will show it that education in in this country isn't equal across the board so the education you get in, in certain schools in certain geographical regions is different than you get in, in other geographical regions. And there's no surprise that it's often split by um, wealth and, 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 and austerity and that type of thing. That if you come from a region that's, that's financially worse off than another region, then the likelihood is that your school performance will be lower. And what's probably good for these lads who are going into the college at Tramia is that they're, they're, they're basically, it's it's custom built for them. It's set up for people who maybe aren't going to fit into maybe the normal sort of school, college life, which can be very sort of regimented in, in them wanting people to, to behave and act in a certain way. Whereas they go into that college and it's very much set up for them that, you know, we've got someone here like Mike who's gone through it all and you look at him and you can go, well, he's made mistakes and he's come back from him and he's learned from him. He's not let them define him like Ryan said. But equally, he's used what he's learned out of that and tried to make it into a positive. And then he, he's basically turning around and saying, you know, do I, re-, you know, he even said to us, and he has regrets. If he could go back and turn the clock back, he 100% would. But he's not dwelling on that. You know, you use use the pain of the of the of the you know of the the negatives to 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 turn them into a positive. So I do think that's a big element of it as well. Is the Tramir are very embedded in the community, and we we did a tweet the other day that was talking about how. Is an interview that should make you proud of your club. And I really do think that Tramia, and it's easy for us to say because they're our club, but they really seem to be leading the way in terms of putting a proper stake in the community and investing in the people that make up that community. And I think that that that's that's hugely to their credit, particularly at a time when, you know, there's there's real issues with with finance in the lower leagues, as we've spoken about before. But in terms of what you what you are and what you represent and, and, and how you help the people who are living within your catchment area, I don't think Tramia could do any more than they're currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're doing a great job, uh, to be honest. And I think that having Mike in there, one thing that really struck struck me when I, when I was talking to him and, and asking him all these questions was he was really relaxed. He was really, you know, honest. And he was really focused in, in what that 
that education system and, and what the development centre was going to do and what they wanted to achieve. And I don't know if anyone picked up on it, Ryan, you might have, have had the same opinion. The focus and the just the, the calmness to him it must be so relatable. Yeah, I think um, that must derive from the fact he knew. He almost, he told that story, didn't he, about uh, being in prison. Uh, and he, with one of the inmates, I think it was Surinese, is that what you say, Surinese? Yeah. Um, anyway, he was saying that, that you're going to go, he almost had an epiphany moment, you're going to do this. And I think he just knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he, he's put it into place, hasn't he? And he had a calmness about him that he knew the direction he wanted to go in and he's implemented it. And it's working. Um, now, I don't strike, it does not strike me at all as somebody who'd then get complacent. I think his, his attitude towards it is how, how, how bigger and better can we make it? And he's setting up satellite places in, 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 in different parts of the Northwest. He talked about Manchester as well. I think this sort of college route is going to be something that becomes more uh, prevalent in this country. I think Northampton College do something similar with Crystal Palace. Um, and former player and Arsenal player, Eddie McGoldrick, I think he runs that. I think I saw recently Shrewsbury do something as well. But for the last sort of 10 years, one of the most popular things for young young footballers, and when I say footballers, I mean anyone from academy down to your good Sunday league player, has been the American system where you can actually apply for a trial in the UK, <clears throat> go and play over in the States. And that tells you all you need to know really about the lack of opportunity in the UK that you have to travel like 6,000 miles across the world to America. Now, a lot of people would just want to do that anyway. You can see why it's uh, enticing. But it, well, a lot of it is bred out of lack of opportunity here uh, in England. So when you look at that in the American system, and we've talked about it quite a lot, so don't want to go over all ground, but it's, it's very much education first, sports second. And what I really like about that is it's – we always have this attitude in this country of have something to fall back on. But when you say education, what does it mean to you? And I think that's a big question we need to ask because when we, if I sat 100 people down now and I said, describe education, I imagine most of the answers would be classroom, teacher, whiteboard. But education doesn't have to be that formal or in that way. And I mean, when I went to college, I loved my time at college. And it's probably down to the fact that I did a double award in sport. So I was very much active every day, playing football, playing tennis, different sports. It was very on your feet. It wasn't just classroom driven, although there was elements of that. Then I was playing in the in the team on a Wednesday. So you were, you were able to make friends and education became something different, but it was still an education. It just wasn't your your formal sitting down, reading a textbook and, and writing sentence after sentence, like maybe taking a, um, an award in English would have been. So I think we just need to redefine what education is because the type of education you get from the sport is confidence, uh, team player, communication and those type of things. Now, you may not have an ambition to be a footballer, but playing football may help you with your ambition of being a teacher or going away and doing something in architecture. It could literally be literally be anything. But the foundation of that is the education first and the football second, almost as a byproduct. Not so much the way of thinking that we have now, which is try your best to become a footballer and hope that if it doesn't work out for you, then you may have something to fall back on. Because why, why, why go into something thinking I'm going to train for something else in case I fail because you've almost failed before you've begun 
if that's the case. Uh, watching one of their motivational videos by Denzel Washington recently, and he was he was telling the story about don't fall backwards, fall forwards. So at least you know what you're going to hit. And almost what he was saying there was do what you want to do, plan for the things you want to do, and keep doing it till you do it because you're not going to fail. But as Danny touched on, kids are getting told to fail and from the age of eight. So I think we just need to redefine what education is, how it's presented to people and the avenues to, to take it on as well. Yeah, and I think in terms of, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said there, Ryan, and I think in terms of mental health, I think for, for young people particularly, having a sense of, of worth and, and, you know, I think a lot of mental health issues with young people and a lot of them can, will stem from think, feelings of poor self-worth or poor self-esteem and stuff like that. And that can often come from, you know, not achieving things or comparing yourself with other people. And we've 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 seen it with sort of the advent, obviously, of social media and what have you, that it's very easy to compare what you're doing with other people and feel as though you're not doing what everyone else is doing. But I think what's really important is is that whether it be a college in the in the the usual sense of the word, whether it be school, university, whatever it be, an apprenticeship, whatever it might be is to go and find the thing that works for you. And, and it, you know, if it doesn't work for you the first time, then then don't worry about it. Have another go at something else. Not everyone's suited to everything. But for keep, don't don't let it put you, put you back if you if it's not for you. It's, it's, you know, often it's just, you know, people learn in different ways. And we have a, I do think in, in, in this country, we put a lot of emphasis on academia and, and, and academic intelligence and maybe don't concentrate too much on things like emotional intelligence and, and people skills and stuff like that, which are just as important and are probably in a lot of ways are so are underlooked in a lot of places. So I think for people, whatever your route might be, I think it's important to to give it your all and, and, and go and, and go after it no matter what that might be. And that'll give you that sense of self-worth, that'll give you that sense of achievement and, and you should be proud of that, whatever that might be, even if it seems as though, you know, like we were saying before in one of the other episodes about that person who lived with uh, with Elon Musk. Don't compare yourself to other people. You know, it's not about them, it's about you. And as long as you're doing what, what can make you happy and, and what you know what, what's an achievement for you, then you should be proud of that. And I think there's a lot of people who are very quick to put people down because they say, Oh yeah, but it's not this or it's not that. But I think that's important for, for young people to, to know and, and Mike's a great example of that. So that's all we've got time for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening. It was a really nice, interesting chat, a great interview with Mike, a hundred percent a top fella. Um, hopefully well, you'll come back yeah. hopefully you'll come back again and give us another listen um, if you want to find out where we are Ryan I think you've got the in, the information of how they can get in touch and how they can they can follow us yeah so you can find us on social media on Twitter at marking underscore man uh, come have a look at what we're doing interact with us but remember to use the hashtag where's the talking lads we're also now on YouTube as well uh, our first two videos went on the last few weeks and as always, you can find us on all your regular places. You'd find your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Acast, and all the others. And Danny, uh, what have we got on Friday? Yes, so Friday, we have the um, first episode of Under Flat Caps and Bowler Hats, which is a new format of episode that we got where we take a little look back into the, the annals of football history, take a look at an example of of mental health in football from from back in the ye olden times. Uh, the first episode will be with the the enigmatic Robin Friday. Uh, I sat down with with Paolo Stewart, who 
who wrote the uh, the, the definitive book on, on Robin and Paul Fennessy, who's a journalist for uh, a website called The 42 over in, in Ireland and, and I had a little chat with them about Robin Friday and his life, his antics, his, his death at a young age. So yeah, that'll be out on Friday in all the usual places and and then a week today on Monday, we've got former Scotland international Chris Uwalumo. So definitely want to tune in for that. Ryan and I did that that interview with him and we probably could have sat there all day, to be honest with you. He was bloody lovely, was what he was. Um, another handsome chap. Everyone we interview is bloody handsome. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we've got coming up next 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 week or so, Ant. Excellent. Uh, so go and enjoy your week. Have some fun. And uh, we'll see you on Friday. Yeah, so best player you've ever played with or against that no one's heard of? Best player I've played, played with? Be a lad, Leon, um, Leon O'Toole, Leon Shaw. He said now 30, he, he, 35, he was he, he was here, as, he, 35 he died. Um, we come to Tramere, was at Man City, Tramere as a kid. Strange one, went to Rexham but had a drinking problem. From the area where I was with anyone who, 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 who knows who he was, well, what a player. Yeah, what a yeah. player, midfielder has everything, but ends up getting into alcohol. Um, when he was at when he was at Wrexham, and never come off, couldn't get away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. At thirty five years of age, probably the best player. Who no no one will know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But a few people will know him. Few people know him who yeah. were on the Merseyside football scene. Have you ever been to the beach and cool rooms? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After a playoff final, doesn't count. Um, yeah, I've went there twice, I think. <laughs> You're rubbing your head like you're disappointed. Yeah, no, one was with Mickey. Me and Mickey went there and he was all pictures getting put everywhere. And I just stayed at the side like that. And everyone was going, how come you were, when we were coming in? How come you were in there? Mickey there as well, uh, was that? Yeah, I just stayed at the side. He was all pictures getting so it's a bit of a silly one. Do you own a pair of one tens? Obviously, being no, scouts. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Terrible, terrible trainers then. <laughs> Out of all of the, the players that have kind of been at Tramia whilst you've been here, yeah. if you became like a first team manager, who would you sign straight away? If you signed any of them? As in like what the lads you had with? No, out no. of the, all the first team players first that team have passed players. through. And you could um, sign one of them. Noz. Noz. We thought you'd say Noz. <laughs> Macha. Macha was good, very good. Yeah. yeah. Noz or Macha. I played with Macha when we were younger. Uh, so who would win in a race Mickey Mellon or Mike Jackson Jacko Jacko <laughs> still in good shape is he yeah so Jacko was at Berry when I was a, when I, was, I was I went there for a bit he's still doing the same Jackal's work now. now is yeah. he yeah he's in good nick Jacko in good nick uh, who wears the trousers Mark or Nicola oh, I don't know I'm not answering <laughs> 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 I'm scared to say she doesn't mess about Nicola she's dead straight like you know what I mean just dead straight. I like speaking to her. She just just tells you straight. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So you're at Asda. Yeah. Called the Asda. Um, <laughs> you're going to the make your own pizza counter. Yeah. What are you getting? What are you oh, getting on pe- it? Pepperoni, spicy, spicy stuff. Pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. Peppers, onions. Yeah. What pan are we going for? Deep pan. Deep pan. Yeah. Deep pan. With that cheesy crust. Right? <laughs> we're going for a tomato base or a barbecue yeah, no, base. Yeah. No tomato. Obviously tomato, cheese, pepperoni, and peppers, onions. Yeah, it's got to be spicy. A little bit of chilies on it. <laughs> it's got to be spicy, otherwise it's just crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? Yeah.